For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Well met, fellow adventurers. We're going back once again to the law book. The next entry is North Broadlands. The North Broadlands is a geographic term used to refer to wharf, roughly the northern third of Swift's northern continent. The North Broadlands geographic designation encompasses the kingdoms of Ladon, Tausa and Koth, as well as the realms of Wyasol and Nyandor, and the northbound Freelands. All inhabitants of Northern Swift speak in an accent that is described as Broadlandish. The accent, the accent is most pronounced in the North Broadlands. Alright, so... They haven't diverged into different languages, although I can understand why you'd have that. I mean, unless you're Tolkien, you don't want to spend your time making up a whole bunch of different languages. And of course, if you're Tolkien, that's all you want to do. You just want to make more and more languages. And like, oh, bugger. Okay, I've got to have people actually speak them. They've got to have... Uh, Yes, if it's people, they have to do something. Uh, North Broadlands. Northern Swift. The world of Swift is made of two known continents. Northern and Southern. The game takes place on Swift's northern continent. So, is Arcando a different continent? Or is it like... Just an island, so it's not a continent, or is it an ice cap, which means it's not really there at all? Eh, hmm. Who knows? Who knows? North Scarp. North Scarp is the area of Crownland to the north of Twithic, composed of several areas of dense. Game Witch Forest, and a spine of rocky cracks to divide the vast parcel into almost equal quarters. This area has long been a favourite of poachers, since the rugged terrain and wide area make it a difficult spot to patrol effectively. Now and again, however, a detachment of border ranges is set through the wide band of wilderness. This is not uncommon for them to return with a handful of poachers in tow. And sometimes, they send a great adventurer. Alright, now on to O. Ochoak. We're far too familiar with those. The Ochoak, an ancient Ardavari word that roughly translates into open pawn, is the name given to the wood and iron beings created by Curatel. It turns out not just Coratel, 
A powerful sorceress, those misdeeds resulted in her banishment from the Grey Circle and her secretion exile in, into the cursed forest of Fogmora. Odorok are generally slender, human-sized beings crafted out of a combination of wood and iron. The magically animated Odorok have only very limited intellectual capacity. Their actions are almost fully controlled by their creator, and the directives and instructions were infused to their being at the time of their creation. As they are largely mindless, Odorok are relentless and fearless combatants, making them formidable foes. One of the more sinister traits of these strange beings is their ability to discern the cat tactics of enemy combatants and mimic them, thus placing themselves on near equal footing with their foes in battle. It, it, this, of course, means they can become scaled. <laughs> Due to the powerful magic that courses through them, Ultrarch are exceptionally strong. While they can, can employ a wide variety of weaponry, these wooden iron beings often fight unarmed. Ultrarch emicked, an anti-magic field intended to defeat magic that is used against them. Coratel infused her creations with disability prior to our unsuccessful coup against the Grey Mage. It is now believed that the only place one might hope to find Odorok is within the depths of Fogbor Forest. Following her attempted coup, Coratel fled into the forest with the remnants of her Odorok army. Oh, if only, if only they were just stuck there. They're freaking everywhere. In the aftermath of Coratel's treacherous act, Grey Mage is said to have placed a powerful death, death curse on the renegade sorceress, forever exiling her to Fogbar. Hmm. Well, she, there either wasn't a curse, or she found a way around it. Because she's definitely got out of Fogbar at some point. Oaken King. This ancient Donok, by far the greatest and most malevolent of his cruel species, was once a roaming terror. Those nightmarish army of living trees plagued a wide swath of the North Broadlands. Nearly 200 years ago, the fearsome Oaken King and his legion of Le Lesser Donok inexplicably vanished. It's believed that the Oaken King, for reasons unknown, entered the vast, untamed mire known as Dragonmere Deep in eastern Tausa. Over the two centuries since the sudden disappearance of the sa savage living oak, many expeditions have ma been made into the Great Swamp, each in hope of proving either the location or the demise of the sinister creature. Many can maintain the Oaken King has taken root somewhere deep in the tangled heart of the mire, and he and his army of Dombok tirelessly guard a great treasure. Well, maybe we'll find it someday, but of course, it'll be a while off. Oakenstone. 
a magical union of wood and stone, typically oak and granite. Oak and stone is used to craft extraordinary pieces of magical armour. The creation of oak and stone takes years to perfect and can only be accomplished by a powerful mage who is extremely proficient in the ancient techniques required to meld the wood and stone components. Oak and stone is a rare find these days, and is what and it is not readily known whether or not there is anyone still alive who possesses the skill necessary to create it. Orgothrock This legendary mountain goblin Warchief long ruled over the many mount, many goblin clans that inhabited the wild, more remote regions of the kingdom. It is said that Ogrothok was slain by Thane Porrind when the Thane was a young Tysian army scout patrolling the kingdom's western frontier. Ogrothok's sons, Tarungar and Zawamog had thirsted for vengeance against Thane Porrind since their father's demise. Alright, then I guess... I guess him slaying... Thane Porrind's slaying of... Orgothrock pretty much made it so there hasn't been any properly huge goblin army. You know, the kind that can overwhelm cities. We, we've had a, ones that can take down villages and towns, but not, not ones that are threats on a national level. <laughs> not, not since he dealt with that. Okay. Old Northwood. Bordered by Lake Arrowain on the south. And the stone hills of northwestern Telsor on the north. This legendary, some would say, haunted forest remains as a place into which few willingly dare venture. Much of the old Northwood is and has been in a prolonged state of decay for several centuries. The woodlands, once proud hardwood giants, are now largely black with what? A few heirs of the forest, however, appear to have escaped the unnatural blight that has plagued and devoured the west of the wood. Oxian Bloodwing Despite being nearly as large as an ogre, these winged lesser demons are among the weaker of the demons that inhabit the never well of Oxix. Oxian Bone Mage these skeletal mages hail from the Neville realm of Oxus. Oxian Bone Warrior. These skeletal warriors hail from the Neville realm of Oxic. Oxian Ghoul. Yep, they also hail from the Neville realm of Oxus. Oxian Tear. The Oxian Tear is the name given to the solid black tear-shaped mark that is said to be the mark of Igtheon. The tear is a symbol that invokes a sense of revulsion and fear by nearly all who see it. 
The symbol derives its name from the Neverwall well Moroxis, where it is believed Igtheon resides. While scholars and sages have long argued over the exact symbolism of the tear, it's generally accepted the mark is a symbol that represents the anguish, sorrow and suffering of those who fall beneath the demon's claws. Uh, yeah, in case you didn't notice, uh, that demon is a bad guy. Oxian war beast. These large, six-legged skeletal beasts hail from the Neverwall realm of Oxus. They are about the size of a large bear and have sharp horn that protrudes from their skulls. Oxus. Oxus, a vast, never-realm hidden deep within the blackest reaches of the Neverness, is said to be home, said to be the home of Ithion, the demon lord after which the second of Swift's great ages, the Age of Ithion, takes its name. According to the scant legends that describe Oxus, the realm is also inhabited by seven lesser demon lords, the vile servants of Ichthyon. Okay. Oozing beetle. These black-shelled beetles, slightly larger than the dog, ooze a thick, foul-smelling yellow slime. Orange jelly. Oh, there, there, there isn't an entry for that. Oh, well, let's check again. Yeah, that one works. No entry for that. It happens. Order of Aldemar. This is the name given to six heroes who, many centuries ago, earned their place in history by uniting under the great warrior Andromar to, van to vanquish and... To defend, to vanquish, to defend the defenseless and protect the realm of man. The, oh, the many heroic deeds of the Order of Aldemar remain among the most popular fireside tales across the North Broadlands. Order of the Path. The Order of the Path is one of the three knightly orders of the city of Celebin in Wyasol. The two beliefs that govern this knightly order are piety and compassion. So they're more like the Hospitalias. But of course, like all knights, presumably they can kick a lot of ass too. I think that's kind of required to be knight Orvelain the Cursed. The great mage Orvaline, who lived and died nearly a thousand years ago, has long been considered one of the greatest spellcasters the world of Swift has ever known. For there are some who question a few of the more outlandish tales associated with the legendary mage. His litany of remarkable deeds is both long and storied. During his final years, Orvaline crafted dozens of gems into which he infused a special blend of his various magics. 
with a K, so you know it's the good stuff. Thus were born the fabled gems of Ovalin. When the ship upon which Ovalin was a passenger sank in a short storm, while attempting a perilous crossing of the ever-treacherous sand split, it was believed that his entire collection of gems, which he carried with him at all times, was forever lost in the dark depths of the Sundering Sea. It has long been suspected that Rovlin made the dangerous crossing in an effort, effort to evade the murderous clutches of a powerful rival sorcerer. It is believed the rival sought to obtain the secrets of polymorphic magic, which Ovalin had been investigating for many years. Ovalin earns the moniker Cursed due to a series of devastating setbacks he suffered during the later years of his life. Many believe, and still do, believed, and still do, that the Master Mage was the victim of a curse bestowed on him by a vengeful foe. It's not surprising that most attribute the sinking of his ship, which resulted in his death, as an effect of the curse that plagued him. Outer Markers The Outer Markers are a broad line of stone columns that mark the edge of the hold and the beginning of the portions of Sangard Isle not under human control. Well, not yet. Owl The Grand Master Thief, an adventurer known as the Owl, has obtained a rather infamous reputation throughout the realms, primarily due to his dangerous, or rather than not illegal, exploits, through which it is believed the Master Woe detests violence and goes out of his way to avoid it. There are many who claim that the stance is merely a ploy to keep his enemies off guard and hide his truly fearsome combat abilities. Well, uh... Well, a lot of the things he, he fights end up dying. Although it's ne- I don't never quite know how he does it. It's just things drop dead, and he gets and he looks a bit burnt. How he did it, I never know. And it's and well. While his true name is not known, the Owl, known simply as Owl among his few confederates, is said to have earned his moniker due to the fierce, bird-like appearance of his face. A set of piercing dark eyes and a bradley broken nose only hope to strengthen his discontention. In recent years, out the Owl has all but disappeared from his former haunts. Most notably, the streets of Talonus. Though many believe that the master thief, who works only on his own behalf, has at last met his end. Well, turns out the rumours of his death were greatly exaggerated. Painted Peddler. No one knows the true identity of this curious, wandering merchant. But the painted peddler has, for the better part of the last generation, been travelling throughout the North Broadlands, setting up his camp and shop 
at whatever spot strikes his fancy. He never remains in one place for very long. The peddler has earned his moniker due to the fact that his face is always painted, usually in some motive representative of the wild places of the world. The painted peddler is by no means a young man. A flowing white beard hangs to just below his waist, and a full tangled mane of white hair drapes down from his large head and splashes over his shoulders. From time to time, the peddler sells special items that he's either found during his travels or purchased from adventurers. The peddler travels throughout the realm on on a painted glowing wagon, drawn by a pair of what he calls invisible horses. Many believe that the wagon propels itself via magic, and there are no horses involved in affecting its movement. Invisible or otherwise, it's been long been rumoured. A painted peddler has all knows where to find. Vacron's wing of motley wonder. Some adventurers maintain the peddler has told them that he does indeed have the wing, and he intends to put it up for sale very soon. And we've had out, yes, he does have the wing, and yes, it is quite impressive. And yes, he will sell it. But of course, it is quite expensive. As you would expect. Palemore Island, where well, we went there. Palemore is one of the largest and easily the most infamous of the scattered steppe islands, the wise out of the middle of one of the widest parts of the Wither Twind to be found just south of Twithick. Over 300 years ago, the rocky island was home to a small wooden keep that housed a large enough company of Tyson soldiers to discourage Wither pirates from plying their trade against merchant vessels leaving Twithick. On a warm autumn evening, three centuries ago, however, a horde of ogres on crudely built barges of rough timber transversed the river from its western bank and landed on Palemore. The brave soldiers, both outnumbered and outmatched by their savage foes, were all save for one, slain defending the wooden keep that the ogre soon raised to the ground. Throughout matched and ultimately defeated, the soldiers pitched a valiant stand and managed to take down many of their beastly enemies, the battle that was said to have waged for hours. By dawn's light, every last soldier, save one, was dead. The keep was destroyed. And there was no sign of the ogres or their barges. It is said the lone survivor of the attack, a young soldier who escaped death by being rendered unconscious and left for dead, that history now bears an accurate account of the events that took place on Palmore Island on that warm autumn evening so very long ago. It has long been assumed by many that one of the more ruthless river pirates, a murderous brigand who went by the name of Eel Carver, was behind the ogre attack. 
having paid a considerable fortune to the fearsome beast to ensure that the soldiery of Paramore Isle would no longer interfere with this operation in the waters south of Twithick. Ilcarver and nearly two dozen other with the pirate captains were captured and hanged following the attack on Paramore Island, though none ever admitted to being in league with the ogres. Paramore Island, out of respect for those who have fallen there, was declared to be forsaken land, where no one would, would be permitted to tread ever since the fateful events of that evening long ago. All weather traffic moving south on Twithick has respectfully and even fearfully given the wacky steppe island of Palemore a wide berth. But then we had to go there. And well, that's another episode, obviously. Pauk, the Great Warrior Spirit. Known as the Great Warrior Spinnick, scholars and sages have long debated the existence and nature of Pauk, who some believe to be a lesser god that serves Sithak, the All-Father. The most popular accounts of Pauk place the Great Warrior Spirit as the wrath of the All-Father, a powerful, omnipotent being that carries out the wrath of the All-Powerful God. Do not worship directly by any large group. Many warriors will wear charms or bear arms and equipment that has been inscribed with Plout's symbol. A clenched fist weighs skyward. Plout's player is often uttered by warriors before entering battle and is spoken as follows. Under the eyes of the Allfather, may the great warrior spirit grant me swift and just victory. Through my shield be cloven and my body pierced, may my spirit endure that I shall prevail. Paleo. Paleo is a common, popular hot drink throughout the North Broadlands. It is derived from the bark of a of the paleo tree, a medium-sized, dark-skinned hardwood. The bark is boiled in water. And the resulting drink is dark, bold and energising. The paleo tree renews its bark annually. The bark is also a food that is prized by horntails. Oh, uh, oh you'll be in a bit of a sticky wicket if one of those turned up to your paleo grove. If you can imagine the flavour of strong black coffee with a hint of roasted nuts you will have captured the essence of Paleo. Paleo Den. Paleo Dens are tavern-like establishments where Paleo is served. Traditionally, Paleo Dens will serve other drink in addition to Paleo, such as ale. A tactic employed by Thane Porrand when he was tasked with dealing with the lawlessness that existed in many parts of Trithic was to coerce owners of notoriously steep see the taverns and alehouses to become paleo dens in order to stay in operation. Paleo bread. This dark, sweet, grainy bread uses paleo in its brewed form 
as one of its main ingredients. It is a favourite of bread houses across the North Broadlands. Right, paleo bread men. Now and then, often when the winter is at its bleakest, strange tales involving live, living paleo bread men, and at times, paleo bread women, circulate across taverns, alehouses, bread houses and paleo dens, all across the North Broadlands. Some of the age's most prominent adventurers have substantiated the tales, claiming to have encountered paleo bread men in their travels. It is believed that these small abominations, yes, abominations, are a product of dark magic, and a sinister purpose almost always lies behind their sudden and unexpected appearance. In almost every town, indeed in most encounters, related by those unfortunate enough to have crossed paths with one or more paleo-bred men, the diminutive, festively attired confessions are described as small, flat, walking pastries with cheerful smiles and murderous hearts. Those who have encountered paleo-bred men say the edible abominations, yes, abominations again, are alarmingly swift and agile and prefer to attack their foes. Anyone or anything nearby that's not made of paleo bread by throttling them. Living paleo bread men. Men are said to resemble gingerbread men. Evil gingerbread men. Though, since no one anywhere seems to know what gingerbread, what a gingerbread man is, the analogy, analogy isn't particularly helpful. If you should ever encounter a living paleo bread man, Goodness forbid, more than one! Please be careful. That is, of course, unless they're of the rarer, nicer variety. But who can tell? And while it shouldn't have to be mentioned, if you haven't ever won into a living paleo bread man, please don't go around saying you have. There are few enough who take the threat posed by these edible terrors seriously without more false claims to help fester doubt amongst non-believers. Yeah, 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 we've had a few meetings with paleo-bred men, good and bad, and they were featured in a few of the special Christmassy adventures. Pack War. The northernmost city of Tysa, the heavily fortified seaport of Pack War, is also the kingdom's oldest. It was built over the ruins of an ancient city, of which little is known. The seaward side of the port city, including its harbour, is partially shielded from the open sea by a long series of massive stone columns that rise up from the floor of the ocean and extend high into the sky. The columns predate the city of Pacro itself, and their origin remains a mystery. Pacro is governed jointly by a council of magistrates, headed by a chan- chancellor who serves an eight-year term, and by a council of Tysian military commanders. The Tysian navy maintains a large presence in the fortified port, 
the Hall of Lords, a grand stone structure, stone structure in the eastern sector, serves as the seat of the city's governments. In the ruins beneath the city have long been sealed off, and it's not known if anyone living has ever dared venture into them. Well, I know someone living who's ventured into them. <laughs> yes. Phantom Assassin. With sizable bounties, gracing his head from all corners of the North Borderlands, Aldrin Southrunner, better known by his infamous moniker, the Phantom Assassin, is a deadly and elusive foe. The former mine wine merchant in Twithick earned his ghastly reputation and his ghostly moniker because of his legendary and almost supernatural ability to avoid detection and capture. For several years, his very existence was routinely doubted, with many of his killings attributed to other criminal elements. Some of the most notorious killings over the past decade bear the mark of his masterful handiwork. And it looks like I bought, I bought him down, but it looks like he's still around. Oh. Either either he's around, or someone who has, who has, taken his title and creep and elusiveness, has become the phantom assassin in his place. Could be that. Could be that. Flaydon, the old kingdom. Fladon is the oldest of the North Broadlands nations, once a mighty military power. power. Its strength of arms has waned of late, through the kingdom still boasts the strongest naval force in all of Northern Swift. Queen Laradon Chevan has ruled Fladon for nearly 20 years and is loved and served loyally by her subjects. She's a shrewd tactician. And he oversees all aspects of the Fidonese military. Prior to her reign, this was unheard of among the monarchs of Fladon. Despite her popularity among her subjects, the Queen has survived several assassination attempts throughout her reign. Fladon enjoys good relations with both Nyaldor and Tosa. Well, the same cannot be said of the nation of Haldrigon to the south. Of, of all the nations in northern Swift, Freldon and Haldrigon have waged war against one another more times than any other. There has not been, been an arms, uh, large-scale armed conflict between the two nations in over 50 years, but tensions still run high, and both sides remain ever vigilant. The capital of Philadon is Wachnor. Port Halleck. This bustling seaport has become the centre for most shipping cargo that reaches swift shores, while there are some ships that choose to dare the rough waters of the Shan Spit, split and reach Talonless. Many have chosen to forego that route and drop anchor at Port Halleck or Charno instead. 
Port Halleck is home to the Taishin Navy, and a large garrison of troops is stationed in the city year-round. Right, the Praying Sentinels. The Praying Sentinels were nine enchanted statues, each one resembling an armoured warrior knelt in prayer that are believed to have been created during the Age of Alduin. It has long been thought that the statues once contained powerful, di- pa- powerful magic that served to protect the world from dynamic invasion. It's not known if any of the monuments remained standing. Protector slash protectorship. The title of protector is given to the person responsible for overseeing the safety and normally gov- the governing affairs of a town, village or city. In some cases, protectorship can cover a wide area, encompassing several towns. Many of the towns and cities across nor- the North Broadlands are governed by councils, but the protectorship is by no means a rare form of governance. Protectors are often chosen by the residents of the area which they oversee, though in some cases they are installed by remote power, such as a king or thane, etc. Proving Grounds The Proving Grounds Adventures are a special series of adventures that offer great challenges and great rewards. Each Proving Grounds adventure is broken up into numerous scenarios. To earn a valuable award of adventure tokens, you must successfully complete every part of the adventure. Adventurers who complete all the scenarios in Proving Grounds adventure are rewarded with adventure tokens, which may be spent at Tally's trading post. On a vast array of enchanted weapons and magical armour, not found anywhere else in the game. If you fail a particular part, you will play it over. You will play it over again. You can attempt any given part as many times as you like until you complete it successfully. The fewer times you fail on a given part, the higher over overall score will be at the end of the entire adventure. And the higher overall score, the bigger your final reward will be. There are currently a total of six Proving Grounds adventures. Raid on Crowistane, the Perilous Streets, Shadow over Stonegate, the Troll Hunter, the Silver Quest, and the Alder Throne. Pumpkin Warrior. A pumpkin warrior? Yes, a pumpkin warrior. Where these abomina- where these abominations of nature originate from remains a mystery. Just between you and me, I'd rather not find out. These human-sized bipeds have thick vines that serve as arms, arms and legs, and an oversized pumpkin for a head. They are incapable of variants of continents save the grotesque, leering expressions carved into their pumpkin heads. Furthermore, oh, for crying out loud, they're pumpkin men. 
All right. Now on to the cues. Queen Liaudon, Chelvin of Liaudon. Queen Liaudon Chavan has ruled Liaudon since the death of her father, King Temnian, nearly 20 years ago. She is considered by many to be a good ruler, for there have been several attempts made on her life during her 15-year year reign. Many believe the assassination plots are the work of, of the Galarian Forge, a secretive and violent separatist movement originally from the port city of Galarian. The Queen has never married, and the failed her assassinations have made her extremely wary of the attentions of others, even those close to her. She is a shrewd tactician and oversees all aspects of the Flydenese military. Prior to her reign, this was unheard of among the monarchs of Fleadon. Okay. Quick stone. You can obtain a magnificent quick stone by visiting Wixpin. You can find his shop by exploring the buildings. The Flank Blade Square in Twithick. These stones appear to be little more than round, smooth, red coin-sized rocks. In reality, they are powerful magical instruments crafted long ago by a powerful, powerful Rosilian mage known as Huron. Noan crafted a number of these powerful stones imbuing each of them with potent magic that would benefit the person that carried it. Quickstones possess the following known abilities. Quick combat resolution. A quick stone will allow its holder to quickly resolve most combats by rapidly completing the battle with a single clip of the mouse. The battle will be automatically completed using standard normal melee attacks. In some special, some special combat situations cannot be resolved in this manner, although the mass majority of combats can. And now, now it's been upgraded, so you can have it standardly attack. So it can always attack aggressively or defensively. 10% daily experience bonus. A quick stone records a tally of a character's daily experience earnings and can remember 90 days worth. It then bestows an experience bonus on its holder. 10% of each day's tally when requested. The daily experience that it tallies includes general as well as skill and power specific experience. Which means that the more skills and powers you have, the more experience you get when you use this, when you get an all skills and power bonus. The experience bonus that it bestows is in the form of general experience. Please note, as soon as you acquire Quickstone, it will be able to pay you an experience bonus based on your last 90 days of experience. Full heal, twice per day, twice every real world day. A quick stone could be called upon in combat to provide a full heal. Auto rest. 
Quickstone will automatically restore Stanima points and Neville Reserve totals to full when its holder enters the game section that's marked safe. Improved random treasure drops. Any adventurer possessing a Quickstone will notice an improvement in the quality of the random treasure drops that occur in different spots. How this strange quickstone ability functions boggles the minds of even the most illustrious of arcanists. Unknown powers. There are many who have claimed quickstones exhibit a strange array of fascinating powers from time to time, above and beyond the three that are commonly ascribed to them. The ones detailed above, and that's more than three. <laughs> Huron is said to have been sorry he crafted these stones, as they have been cause of much controversy, including murder, over the many years since their creation. Despite his misgivings, you sh- should you have the opportunity to acquire one, you should not delay. And I didn't. But they are very expensive. But easily affordable if you just do all, do all the quests. Quill Bog. Nestled between the peril, between the southern edge of the great Serbian forest and the perilous mire known as Belsong Slough. Now, the town of Quillbog is determined by described by many who chance to visit it as a strange and unwelcoming sort of place, filled with an odd assortment of unfriendly characters. As the tales of travellers are subject to the whims of those who tell and retell them, it's likely that the inhabitants of Quillbog, like the inhabitants of any other remote settlement on the edge of the wilds, are necessarily wary and suspicious of outsiders. Now on to R. Wabble. The Wabble, as they have become known, are a group of citizens of the city-state of Carson that stand in fierce opposition to the Grand Century and its authoritarian policies. The Wabble have never had much, much success in their ever, never-ending campaign against the sorcerer lord of Carson. Mostly due to the brutal tactics of his defenders, the Roust Men. In recent years, however, a mysterious figure has assumed leadership of the Wabble, and they have become unified and somewhat effective in their subversive tactics. The Wabble claims the Grand Century is not the legitimate ruler of Cardsum, and that he holds the vast majority of the city's populace at bay, with his powerful magic. In recent months, the Wabble claims to have discovered the rightful leader of Carson, the person who will restore the Council of Five and bring to justice the Grand Century and his villainous supporters. A long-standing hatred exists between the Wabble and the Woust men. Raylep Pass the Waylet Pass is a much-used passage between the eastern, the eastern outcropping of the Melter Mountains and the southern spur of the Alspins. The mountain pass has long provided travellers 
the way to pass from Tulsa into the central broadlands. The opposite is also true. Several historic battles have been fought in the past by the Tyson army, earning it a grim reputation. Lately, there have been a proliferation of bandits and the like in the area of the pass, waylaying tra- travellers and intercepting merchant caravans headed in and out of Tysa. Waker. These small green and yellow spiders get their name for the peculiar way in which they sting their prey. A sharp, claw-like formation on their underbelly will wake their prey's flesh, creating an open gash into into which they will swiftly inject their potent venom. Alright. Wat. The common variety of rats found throughout the North Worldlands are much like rats found elsewhere. Many rats carry disease. It's also possible that a bite from a disease-carrying rat will transmit the affliction to the bite victim. Raven bone. Yep, everything's cooler when the word raven is in it. The extremely rare and valuable minion known as raven bone is believed to possess many mystical qualities. Thus the highly prized, jet black and very dense substance has long been sought by those wishing to employ it in many different capacities. It has been suggested by some that Ravenbone was used in ages past by great warriors who would drink a mixture made from this mineral that would grant them near invincibility in combat. It is believed that no true deposit Ravenbone has been discovered in the last few centuries and indeed very little of the precious and arcane mineral is to be found anywhere across the realms. Well, maybe we'll come across a big pile of it in Arkandor. Okay. Wavenlock. The, the core but comparatively mindless Wavenock are prevalent throughout many Neverall realms. These man-sized beings have the torso and limbs of a human and the oversized head of a Waven. Wavenocks typically inhabit the abandoned dwellings of other species, preferring ruined castle, towers and castles above all else. And they, prob- they probably like to, cl- to cloth to quaff never more at people. <laughs> or something like that. Worm of Haldrigon. The people of this vast grassland realm are the only true descendants of the Voranthian that still walk the world of Swift. Haldron is not a unified nation, nation by any stretch of the imagination. Five city-states of varying political persuasions and military strengths struggle to maintain their proud Varintium heritage, while, ta- while trying to maintain diplomatic ties with the other realms of Northern Swift. The unofficial capital of 
Paragon is the city of Auguinec on the northern north shore of the Aegean Sea. It is in Auguinec that the leaders of the various city-states that make up Haldron meet on an irregular basis. The meetings are meant to foster a sense of unity among the Haldronian people. Hadragon has long found itself at odds and often war with virtually every nation of northern Swift at various times over the last thousand years. In the War of Six Kings, a united Haldrigon allied itself with Rayleth the Defiler, the wicked sorcerer king of Nawala, of Nalok. The three nations of Swift ultimately defeated the combined forces of Naulak and Haldrigon, and in the afterlife, the people of Haldrigon rose up and cast down their king, breaking the nation into the city-states that make up its political landscape today. Haldrigon remains a nation that should be considered dangerous to outsiders. Its borders, though easily transversed, are crossed only by the bold, or those with pacific, provable business remains a harsh land where a hard living and a genuine mistrust of foreigners has become a way of life. Red Gatekeep Abandoned 300 years ago and having been in use for nearly that long, the hilltop fortress known as Red Cape Weep Keep has fallen into ruin. The upper poor portion of the keep has, within the last century, completely collapsed leaving only a rubble-strewn swath of ground to mark where the imposing structure once stood. The lower level of the keep, which housed its dungeons, remains largely intact, for it's doubtful there are many brave enough to venture into the shadowy depths of the ruins. Alright, Redgate Keep, Wedleck. Wedleg is the only known name of the notorious brigand. Those rugged band of highwaymen, longed plague travellers, making their way along the ancient roads, passing between the kingdoms of Tysa and Wysol. Wysolian by, by birth, Wedleg is said to achieve leadership of the outlaw band he led for nearly, che- nearly two decades by murdering its former chief. It is believed that he is a strict disciplinarian whose brutal tactic has earned him both the fear and respect of those he commands. A heavy, imposing figure, Wedleg is rumoured to possess incredible physical strength and endurance, for it is surmised that now, in the later years of his life, such capacities are likely diminished. Through fond of wearing the cover lead, it is believed the bandish chief's old moniker comes from a long scar said to run the length of his white leg, with several sizeable pountings having been placed on him in both Tysa and Wasile. Wedleg and his most loyal compatriots are believed to have taken refuge somewhere in the vast and unforgiving upper reaches of the Allspun Mountains. Yeah, and yep, we found him. But we're not going to tell anyone where he is. Red Warren. Surrounded 
by a vast expanse of crimson maples on the far northern edge of the house heart hills of southwest Tulsa. The small town of Red Warren has long been a prosperous settlement. Red Warren's Grand Mill, an ancient sturdy structure used for processing both grains and paleo bark, serves as the centre of the town's long-lived prosperity. It's commonly known that the paleo ground in Red Warren is among the most sought-after paleo in all the kingdom. Alright, Red, Red Wolf of Sageholt. The Red Wolf of Great Sageholt is the name given to the savage, two-legged creature that is the supposed alter ego of Talarius Redborn. I believe that Taldorus was afflicted by some form of lycanthropy nearly 100 years ago. The legend of the Red Wolf of Sageholt centres around Taladrus Redborn and the Atitian village of Sageholt. Alright. Wacknar's Mad. Wacknar's Mad is the name long ago given to the deep, sprawling labyrinth said to lie beneath the ruins of the infamous sorcerer's ancient tower. Somewhere in the cursed, in the cursed, mist-shrouded forest of Fogborough. Scholars have long wondered at the use of the word mad as the name of Wagner's mystical labyrinth. Most believe, believe the term mad is a shortened version of the maze's original moniker of Wagner's mad labyrinth. Through the ruins of Madden's Tower, Wagner's Tower have never been located, and most believe this legendary maze is nothing more than a myth. Adventurers have long sought to find the infamous labyrinth, ex- eager to explore its passages and uncover the secrets it's said to guard. Many who believe in the existence of labyrinth also believe that it is, as tw- ancient texts have suggested, Perhaps more than 20 levels deep. Some believe, however, that the maze is far deeper than any have so far estimated. Even the illustrious master adventure Tallies, now retired, has discarded the notion that any such labyrinth ever existed. Which means this is perhaps one of the few places where Tallies hasn't been. Rocknor. Rocknor is the capital city of the Kingdom of Philadon. This densely populated city is surrounded on the north, south and east by the Haltar Mountains. The vale, the vale in which it's located is among the most fertile farmland in all of the North Broadlands. Queen Queen Darion from from Petchevin rules Fladon from the towering towering citadel that rises above the west of Wachnor. Wymhaft, Arkandor's only seaport, largest settlement and de facto capital, 
the city of Wymhaft stands on the northern shore of the fabled north, several hundred miles north of the outlaw Iron Nation of Cast. The ancient wall city is a lone bastion of civilization in the icy, inhospitable wastes of the fabled north. Winehap's deep harbour, bustling day and night due to the increased demand for its chief exploit, Jukwin oil, is commonly host to dozens of, sh- of ships from nations all across the north world lands. The Wyme Council, a newly aligned confederation of merchants, oversees law, order and commerce in and around the port city. Okay, that seems like an appropriate place to stop. So next time we'll be continuing with... Just scroll down and check. The next entry will be... The Wine Beast. And that will be what we'll be doing next time. And a lot more. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.